Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Excited to get ready for the official week one of the 2021 college football season. Get hype. This is exciting. Oh man, am I excited for this season? So excited to hear fans in the stands for the first time in what feels like forever. I loved watching the Nebraska Illinois game and that fans got pumped for a punt going out at the one-yard line. I missed that. I missed college football. So exciting to be back. Again, this is the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast, week one predictions, and we're going to look back as well at uh, Nebraska at Illinois. If you're watching for the first time, you like the video, hit the like and subscribe button to get notifications on YouTube Find us at Anchor, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, and hopefully soon Apple. We are so excited. I am pumped uh, for this season and to spend this season with you guys. We're going we're gonna to get right into it. The first thing we're going to do on the show is I'm going to break down Nebraska at Illinois. I picked Illinois to win 27 to 17. I thought they would win by 10. I thought a lot of the reason why they would win was because Brett Bielema would have his guys ready to go. They would be disciplined. The quarterback play would be efficient. And I thought, despite the fact that Nebraska is probably the more talented team going into that game, there's just a lot of turmoil in that program. A lot of, a lot of questions about whether Scott Frost is the guy, a lot of transfers going out. The game unfolded kind of the way I predicted. Uh, it was a 30 to 22 win for Illinois. And I thought Nebraska was the better team in terms of talent. Their defensive line played lights out. Their defensive line played good enough uh, to win the ball game. I thought those boys were, they played inspired. Thought they made life really difficult for the quarterbacks. Brandon Peters, the, the quarterback who I, I thought was going to have a really good season this year for Illinois he went out with a shoulder injury, doesn't look good. There's been nothing reported yet, whether it's season ending or not. But whenever you see a shoulder injury, even if it was a non-throwing shoulder, but whenever you see a shoulder injury, that that painful looking, it, it doesn't bode well, obviously, for the future of, of the quarterback. And so I hope Brandon Peters gets well. I thought he was poised to have a really good season this year. But props to Art Sitkowski. I gave him a lot of crap on Twitter. I did not think that was going to go well for Illinois. 
but he played really well. He made some nice throws down the field, had a beautiful throw for 45 yards that, that set up a touchdown. And so I, th- I thought the story of this game was really the story of two coaches. Scott Frost is not a good football coach. And I don't mean that to demean him. And he's, he's just not the guy for Nebraska. Scott Frost had a number of opportunities to have his team in position, not just to win this game, but to win it comfortably. And instead his quarterback can't hit a, can't hit throws. And so they miss multiple touchdowns uh, on bad throws. They have to settle for field goals. And then his, one of his star players, Cam Taylor Britt, who's also, he's a defensive back, but he's also a punt returner. How do you not teach him to stay planted at the 10 yard line and let any other punt go over your head and into the end zone? He fields the punt at the one yard line, doesn't know what to do with the ball. And so he throws it forward out of bounds and it leads to a safety. And then going into the half, they're driving and Adrian Martinez fumbles the ball, becomes a scoop and score for Illinois. Uh, That leads to Illinois having a 16-9 lead at the half. Illinois extends the lead to 30-9 at one point. Nebraska did mount some sort of a comeback, but even their their last scoring drive, it was a a seven-and-a-half-minute drive in the fourth quarter when you're down two scores. Everything about this coaching performance was weak. And again, I don't want to pile on him, pile on, but I saw Colin Coward on Twitter, guy I, I typically like and respect, but he was mentioning how the Nebraska job just isn't a good job anymore. And my rebuttal to that is Nebraska's not that bad of a job. They're not a national championship job right now, and I don't know if they'll ever be again. But to lose in that fashion where you are making mistake after mistake after mistake. You are fumbling the ball. Your quarterback has not progressed in four years. Your star player is making routine mistakes by in how he fields the punt. That is bad coaching. It is bad coaching. Every part of it was bad coaching. Contrast that to Brett Bielema. They didn't have more talented quarterbacks, and yet they played more intelligently. They don't have better running backs, but they found holes when they did. They held on to the ball, and they made big plays. The offensive line wasn't, it isn't better, but they weren't penalized as much. And then Illinois' punter was amazing. That's coaching. Illinois was outgained and yet they won. And at one point they were up 21 points. And as I watched that team, I saw shades of Wisconsin 10 years ago when Brett Bielema was their coach there. Brett Bielema is the right guy for this job as much as it pains me to say it. And not only is he the right guy for this job, watch out for them in the West in three to four years. Because if Bielema can build on this, I think they become maybe even bowl eligible this year. 
but I think they become a threat in the West very quickly because that type of style of, of team and offense, if they start recruiting even semi-decently, they can compete in the West in a few years. And so I, I really liked what I saw out of Illinois. I still don't think they're going to get to bowl eligibility this year. I think they're too far behind and there's too many good teams in the West, but good job for Bielema. Uh, I'm going to talk about them a little bit later in the show. Uh, and guys, Scott Frost has got to get it turned around or he's, he's out of there. Um, and he should be if they can't beat Illinois. Uh, so that's that's my recap of the of the game. Let's go on to week one, to to week one. We, we're going to pick fourteen games here. I wanted to pick more. There's a couple of intriguing games that I just didn't have the time to really research. But check out Notre Dame at Florida State on Sunday night. That's going to be a fun game. I'm excited to see uh, whether Mike Norvell gets those boys back on track in uh, in Tallahassee. Uh, I, I think Notre Dame is, is a wild card with Jack Cohn. Now the starting quarterback, the other game I really wanted to, to look at, but I just, I didn't have time LSU at UCLA. Can chip Kelly get a signature win out of conference? Going to be a fun game. I'm excited to watch that one, but let's, let's go to the games that I am picking. Most of them are involving big 10 teams as this is big 10 football talk. However, there will be a few games on here that are not Big Ten related, uh, whether whether it be because they they feature opponents that Big Ten teams will play later on, or just because they're big national games that I want to I want to highlight for you as an audience. So let's just go through. We start on Thursday night, September second, and we start with a big one: Temple at Rutgers. Okay, maybe it's not that big. But it's it's going to be a fun year, I think, for Rutgers to see how they progress as a team. Do they build on their season from a year ago? They went three and six, but three and six in the conference. So I, I thought that was real improvement. Do they take another step forward this year? Uh, this is a game that I think in years past they would lose uh, and probably lose spect- in spectacular fashion. Um some info on the game, 6.30 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. Rutgers is a 13.5-point favorite. A little bit about uh, Temple. Dewan Mathis transferred in from Georgia. Uh, he's the starter for Temple. They went 1-6 last year. Um, I, I just don't have any confidence in Temple whatsoever. I, I think Rutgers wins this game. I think they win it pretty comfortably. Isaiah Pacheco really good running back. I think one of the most underrated running backs in the conference. Uh, and, and they've got playmakers on the outside, Bo Melton, Aaron Crickshank, uh, Noah Vedrill will, uh, I think get them the ball. And I think Rutgers wins 31 to 13. Uh, they, they really hold tight on defense against Mathis and the owls Rutgers wins by 18 covers the spread. The, the main event on Thursday night, number four, Ohio state, at Minnesota, 8 p.m. on Fox. We got Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt on the call, my favorite announced duo in college football. 13.5-point favorite, Ohio State. Uh, I think everybody knows that Minnesota was 3-4 and four last year, had a, a disappointing start getting blown out by Michigan. I think this year, they I think they're better than that record from a year ago. 
I think they're probably a fringe top 25 team. They've got talent on offense. They have a huge offensive line. Daniel Falele is a 6'8", 390-pound offensive tackle, probably is going to be a first-round pick. Their entire offensive line is experienced. They're huge, and they open up run lanes for Ibrahim, the running back. He is excellent. Had over 1,000 yards, 15 touchdowns in seven games last year. So I think their offense is really good. Tanner, Tanner Morgan, I think, is a, a really good quarterback. Uh, he's, a, he's a bit of a gunslinger, and he's got Chris Oppmann Bell uh, at receiver, who I think is a, a really reliable receiver for them. So they've got great talent on offense, but my question is the defense. Even though they get Niles Pinckney transferring in from Clemson, I still have a lot of question marks about that. They gave up over 200 yards per game on the ground last year at 6.3 yards per rush. They didn't really play any good offenses either last year. Um, they played some, actually some pretty bad offenses. Um, Wisconsin was pretty weak at, by the end of the season. Um, Northwestern was not a very good offensive team. Uh, so all, all these teams that they played, honestly, they did not, they they were very weak defensively against pretty offensively challenged teams. And that is the key to this game because they're going to face an Ohio State offense that not only has great running backs, not only has great wide receivers, everybody knows Chris Olave, everyone knows Garrett Wilson. Obviously, they're breaking in C.J. Stroud as the starting quarterback. But forget those guys. The offensive line for Ohio State is massive and they're skilled probably all five of them are nfl guys dewan jones is the wild card on that line he's coming in he's a he's a three-star guy but he is a diamond in the rough type of recruit six eight 360 pounds can jump out of the gym was a uh, high school basketball all-star um in ohio really really talented guy just never really focused on football until college. They really like this offensive line. Look for him and, and Paris Johnson's another newcomer. I think that Minnesota will score. I think they'll get some cheap points early in this game because Ohio State secondary is young and inexperienced, uh, as is the linebacking core. Two key names, though, I think for Ohio State to watch out. Craig Young at the bullet position. Uh, that's a hybrid safety position. They really like him. They're very high on his athleticism. And then I think on the offensive side of the ball, look out for Travion Henderson, uh, true freshman running back, really, really talented dude. Uh, I like Ohio state. Uh, I, I think it will be close going into the half, maybe a 10 point game. Ohio state breaks is, breaks it open in the second half, 48, 27. I've got Ohio state covering the spread, uh, but it, it'll be tough in the first quarter or first half let's move to friday september 3rd we've got a an acc matchup for you number 10 north carolina at virginia tech that's at 6 p.m on espn five and a half point favorites uh unc this is an intriguing game and that's why i i picked it virginia tech uh is always a tough out at home always a tough out at night uh, with that crowd, enter Sandman playing as the team comes in. 
Uh, and this is a make or break year, I think, for Justin Fuente as a coach. Braxton Burmeister takes over at quarterback. He, he's a, a skilled run pass option quarterback, really good dual threat guy. I think they've got receivers, Trey Turner, Tavion Robinson. They're gamers for these guys. They have a veteran O-line. I, I think the crowd makes it tough, especially as Sam Howell, UNC's quarterback, is adjusting to losing his top two receivers. He loses his top two running backs. All of them are NFL guys. But I think Mac Brown has built this team well. I think he really understands how to coach at UNC. He understands the culture. And I, I think it is close into the third quarter. Uh, don't be surprised if Virginia Tech leads this game at some point, in, even in the second half. But I think UNC pulls away uh, 34-23. Look out for big plays by Tony Grimes in that defensive backfield. He's a stud in the making uh, at cornerback for UNC. Michigan State at Northwestern, that's 9 p.m. ESPN. Uh, Northwestern is a three-point favorite, and this line really uh, surprised me at first because I just am not very confident at all at Michigan State. But as I looked a bit more, I assumed that Ryan Helinski would be the starting quarterback for Northwestern. Instead, it's Hunter Johnson. Hunter Johnson, the, Clem the Clemson transfer, won the job. Uh, in addition to that, Cam Porter, their, their best running back, is out for the season uh, due to injury. And they need to replace some key guys on the offensive uh, line. Rashawn Slater was a first-round offensive tackle for them. So there's some concerns here uh, that I didn't realize when I was doing the preview back last week. I still think Northwestern is, is the better team. I think they're probably the better coach team because Pat Fitzgerald is probably the best coach in the Big Ten. Uh, and I, I love, love, love their defense. I know Patty Fisher's gone at linebacker, but Brandon Joseph is a stud at safety. First team All-American, had six interceptions last year in only nine games. Uh, had, a, had a big game against Auburn that Northwestern beat Auburn last year. So I, I really like Northwestern and I think Michigan state they're undecided at quarterback. Uh, they have a lot of new pieces. I still don't think the talent is quite what they're used to there. And I'm still not sold on Mel Tucker as the coach uh, that, that I could be wrong there. I've heard good things uh, from outsiders about Mel Tucker. I'm just not sold on him yet. And I, I just think they're probably a year away from starting to, to compete in the Big Ten. But I think this is a defensive struggle. I'm not sold on Hunter Johnson at quarterback. Northwestern wins barely. I've got them winning 17 to 13. They do cover the spread, but it's a small spread. Uh, 17 to 13 in Evanston. And that's the Friday games. Let's move to the main day of week one, Saturday, September 4th. First game I've got Western Michigan at Michigan, 12 p.m. ESPN, Michigan 17 point, 17 point favorites here. This is a sneaky game. Western Michigan, I don't think is as bad as you would expect a Mac team to be. And I, I don't think Michigan is as good as you would hope they would be. Again, lots of transfers, Cade McNamara at quarterback. They've got to replace a lot of NFL guys. They lost eight NFL draft picks last year you wouldn't think that because they went two and four last year 
but they have to replace Quiddy Pay. They have to, to replace a lot of guys. Uh, they do have uh, some good playmakers coming back. Hassan Haskins, Blake Corum at running back. They've got some receivers. Uh, Ronnie Bell is, is kind of their, their bell cow there at, at wide receiver. I, I think they cruise to a 35-14 win, uh, mostly in the second half. I think it'll be tough going in the beginning. Again, I, I think it's probably close as they close the half here. But I, I think the running backs will be able to, to do some business on that defense. 35-14 uh, before Michigan gets a, a real, real opponent next week in Washington. That's going to be a tough game for them. Uh, the next game... Fordham at Nebraska at 12 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. There is no line for this game because it really shouldn't be a contest. Patriot League teams are, are one of the Patriot League and the FCS is one of the weakest leagues uh, in FCS football in that division. If Nebraska struggles at all against Fordham, then honestly, they should fire Scott Frost on the spot. There's, there's no reason why they should struggle. They, they Fordham is completely overmatched here. And so Nebraska wins by at least 28. They should be able to name the score. And again, if they don't, I would tell Scott Frost to walk home and to never come back. Uh, I hope that's not the case. I really, I want Scott Frost to succeed, but it's, there's no reason why Nebraska shouldn't win by at least 28 here. Uh, Fresno State at number 11, Oregon. That's 2 p.m. on the Pac-12 network. Uh, Oregon, a 20-and-a-half-point favorite. We're covering this because next week, Oregon travels to Columbus to take on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, this is a, it's a, it's a, another kind of intriguing game, intriguing week one game. Fresno State completely dominated UConn. Now UConn didn't play football last year, so that's a big part of it, I think, but they still won 45, nothing. Jake Hayner, the quarterback for Fresno state was brilliant. 331 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, he's going to have a much tougher time against this defense. All three levels of Oregon's defense are good. I think Oregon's defense is a championship caliber defense. I think they, they have guys everywhere. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau is probably going to be the number one pick in the, in the draft, unless if a quarterback goes ahead of him, really, really excellent defensive end for the ducks, really good linebackers. I, I like Oregon to win this game, but I, I do think Fresno state probably creeps in and gets a backdoor cover here. I've got Oregon winning 38 to 24 CJ Verdell. I think at running back, will will have a big game um, and Anthony Brown at quarterback will manage it. Oregon by two scores, 38, 24. Number one, Alabama at number 14, Miami. Again, a, a big time non-conference matchup outside the big 10. It's at three 30 at ABC, Alabama, 18 and a half point favorites. There's a lot I want to say about Miami, but I'm, I'm just going to analyze this game in this way. From 2012 to 2019, Alabama has had eight non-conference power five openers. I think they've all been neutral site and they have won by an average of 41 to 12. I just don't see that changing. Alabama, it, it, and it doesn't matter who the team is, Alabama has figured out 
how to do these opening games against big time opponents in neutral sites. I think they do it again. Bryce Young is the new kid on the block at quarterback. I think he's going to have a great game and Bama rolls 45 to 14. I don't think that's an indictment on Miami. I think Miami is going to have a really good year. I just don't think Bama is going to get tested in this game. Uh, Bama by 31. At 3.30 also on the Big Ten Network, I don't know why it's on the Big Ten Network. I feel like this game should be on Fox or on ESPN. But number 17, Indiana at number 18, Iowa. Uh, really, Honestly, I think it's going to be the better game out of uh, the 3.30 games. Uh, Iowa is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Listen, everybody knows Michael Penix at quarterback for Indiana, Ty Freifogel at wide receiver, uh, really, really good offensive skill, and they have a, a talented defense. I just, you know, for all that was said about Indiana last year, Iowa had a really good year last year. I think they lost two straight in the open, and then they reeled off six straight wins and were probably the best team in the West by the end of the year. I know they lost to Northwestern and obviously Northwestern won the West, but I, I just think a lot of people don't understand how good Iowa is and they're just consistently good every year. Spencer Petrus at quarterback is efficient. Tyler Goodson, I think is an effective tailback. Look at, I love this name, Zach Van Valkenburg as an edge rusher for Iowa. I think they limit the Hoosier run game. They have always struggled to run the ball and get chunks on the ground. I think they limit the big play. The Hoosiers need big plays down the field really to be effective. I think they limit them. And I think Iowa gets a seven point win in Iowa city. Uh, again, that's really not an indictment on Indiana. I just think Iowa is really good. And I think people know that Indiana is coming last year. They surprised everybody this year. They don't have the element of surprise. So I, I think Iowa wins 24 to 17 also at three 30 on ESPN, West Virginia at Maryland, a nice non-conference game here uh, for Maryland, uh, West Virginia, three point favorites. I think this is going to be maybe the most fun game all day. Uh, it's going to be an offensive uh showcase both teams have explosive offensive players they have good quarterbacks uh jared doge uh is a seasoned vet for west virginia and they have a thousand yard rusher in letty brown uh talia tagavailoa i think i think he has the higher ceiling out of these quarterbacks obviously he's been inconsistent he's made some mistakes thrown some interceptions but i think they have the best receiving core or at least the most explosive receiving core outside of ohio state in the conference uh, Dante Demas, Rakeem Jarrett, those boys can fly. And Maryland's done well in the past several years in non-conference power five games. They've beat Texas twice. And I think they have the firepower to win a shootout here. Maryland wins 49-41 uh, uh, at home. Oregon State at Purdue, 7 p.m. on FS1. Purdue, seven-point favorites. And I think that that that's a good line for them. The two names that you need to know, and you'll always need to know for Purdue, David Bell at wide receiver, George Karloftis on the defensive line. They'll be the difference against a hapless Oregon state team. Not much, not much else there. Oregon state's just not very good. 
38-27 Purdue. Uh, Texas San Antonio at Illinois, 7:30 Big Ten Network. Illinois six and a half point favorites. UTSA, Texas San Antonio is coming off a seven and five season, uh, seven and five season in Conference USA, uh, and they played BYU tough last year. So this is a sneaky game. This, if, if Illinois fans are like, we beat Nebraska, this should be a piece of cake. Hold your horses. Okay. I I think Illinois wins, but they better not look ahead. I I think Illinois wins 28, 24 Mike Epstein at running back, I think will be the difference in the game. Sitkowski, I think will manage the game well again, but do not look past this game, Illinois, please don't do it. Okay. Because this is, this is a tougher game than I think people are giving credit for. I've got Illinois by four Uh, national game of the week. Number five, Georgia at number three, Clemson. This, this game is, I'm so excited that these two teams are playing. Uh, I think this is probably the best non-conference game of the season. Clemson is uh, coming off another playoff appearance. They've been uh, playoff mainstays over the past six years. DJ Ui Ungalele makes his third start. He's replacing Trevor Lawrence, really talented quarterback. And he gets Justin Ross back at receiver. I really hope he's 100% coming off that uh, potential career-ending spinal issue that he had. And I'm excited to see Will Shipley. I don't know how much he's going to play. He's a true freshman at running back. Uh, Comparable to Christian McCaffrey uh, as as a player in, in his style. But I think the key to this game is going to be defense. And I think Clemson got exposed a bit against Ohio State, particularly a lack of athleticism on the back end. And their best corner from from a year ago, Darian Kendrick, is, is going to be playing for Georgia this year. He transferred out and went to Georgia. And along with Kendrick, man, you look across at Georgia's defense and – as, as good as Clemson's offensive firepower is, I just don't know how they're going to move the ball consistently against this defense. Jordan Davis at nose tackle, Adam Anderson at linebacker. These are potential first round picks in that defensive front seven. I, I think this is probably the best defense in college football. And Zamir White running behind that talented offensive line. JT Daniels, who I don't think is as good as people want him to be. But I think he is good enough. He, he's certainly better than uh, some of the quarterbacks that they had a year ago. I, I think Georgia slows down Clemson's offensive firepower just, just enough. And I, I don't think Clemson's defense is good enough to keep up with Georgia, even with the loss of some of their offensive playmakers uh, due to injury. Georgia wins 34 to 27. And then last but not least, the the big game in the Big Ten, number 19, Penn State, at number 12, Wisconsin. That is the big noon kickoff, 12 o'clock, Fox, Gus Gus Johnson, Joel Klatt, Wisconsin, four and a half point favorites here. Uh, I think this game, it's, it's hard to pick because I think a lot of people are projecting Wisconsin to be really good. And I think a lot of people are really wary of Penn state because of their four and five record. And honestly, I think perception should be reversed a little bit. Penn state is probably the second most talented team in the big 10. And I think they're a lot better than their record from a year ago. If I'm being honest, I think Indiana beat them five times. 
they lost to Indiana. They lost to Ohio State. They had nothing to play for. I think they have more more high end talent. Rasheed Walker at offensive tackle, Jahan Dotson at receiver, probably first round picks or top two round picks. And I think their defense, their back seven is really talented. Tariq Castro Fields and Joey Porter on the outside, I think are going to take take care of Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor, who are coming back for the Badgers. They were hurt all last year for, for a good chunk of the year last year. I think they match up well with them. The real key to this game is can Penn State's defensive line win enough battles to, to get Wisconsin off the field against their offensive line? I think Wisconsin has has their normal recipe. They have a good running back in Jalen Berger. They have a talented offensive line. They have a quarterback who I think has the potential to be their best quarterback since Russell Wilson. But I think Penn State's going to win enough battles here um, to kind of keep them at bay and outscore the Badgers by the end of this one. Look for Arnold Abikate, the transfer from Temple, PJ Mustafer on that defensive line. I've got Penn State winning 35-30. Uh, uh, I think it's going to be a heck of a game. Really looking forward to it. So those are my picks. Uh, I would love to hear your thoughts in the comments. So feel free to comment. Tell me how I'm wrong. Uh, tell me your score predictions. And again, remember to like and hit the subscribe button and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast feed. Remember, this is the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I am your host, Zach Guggenheim. So long and have a great week one. God bless.